Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can catch us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is, well, we're recording this on Monday, January 28th. And uh, John, we are in first place. And I think it's important to clarify exactly what we're talking about here. But as a front-running podcast, as we have openly, openly admitted to being for a very long time, we're now, this, is, this might just be a hockey podcast now. It is. You know, when you're in first place, you talk about it. And um, fortunately for you, dear listener, we're going to talk about a handful of first-place Michigan State teams It's today. true. So it's not just hockey, but we wanted to start with hockey. A uh, hockey team. Um, yeah. Big fans, longtime fans uh-huh. over here who know a lot about the sport. Longtime listener, first-time caller. Michigan State had a home series against Penn State and won a game and lost a game. Mm. Um, and now is first place in the Big Ten. Tied for first place with said Penn State team, but um, we don't really get into the no. deets you know, where it's not necessary. Um, they have a week off. Must be nice. And um, <laughs> are headed to... JK headed to play at Minnesota, who stinks. Stinks at hockey. They stink. Now, I think that's a problem. They're they're in fifth place in the league. Um, and for you hardcore hockey folk like us, you know that Michigan State is currently ranked 18th in the pairwise comparison rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, a thing. Which is good. Only behind Ohio State and Penn State in the, in the Big Ten here. So... Got a squad, NBD. Looks like um, Danton. Dan Cole. He's on to something. Hey, listen, it's nice, you know, when you sign that new coach, mm. no matter the sport, everybody, like, no matter what, like, there's hope. Hope springs eternal. And especially when critics are, or, or you know, analysts, whatever, are like, well, you know, this is actually, like, a nice signing. It's really nice when that plays out. And this is his, um, you know, I don't know if anyone expected – it's go this fast. Yeah, it's only been what three years, four years. As long time, long time hockey, hockey fans, fans uh, I can't answer that because I've just been so enamored with this season. It seems like just yesterday. We'll put it that way. But Dan, I will say about Dan, amazing hair, tremendous uh, hair, and especially from the photos back when he played. Oh yeah, in the league, nice mullet situation going. I'd encourage him to bring it back, full mullet. Who says no? I mean, you'll just one day you're just like a guy with a funny mullet, and next day you're Mike Gundy, and you've had a mullet for like ten straight years. Did you know that he was the head coach of not only uh, the Grand Rapids Griffins, but also 
the Alabama Huntsville hockey, Chargers hockey team. Wow. They have a hockey team. I think if you could have asked, hey, where's the last place in the world you thought hockey, well, in the U.S., you thought hockey was going to get played? Look at Huntsville, Alabama, pretty darn close to the top. Look at him. At Alabama Huntsville, huh? Yeah, sure. Won a few games here and there, which I got to imagine was hard. Yeah. So wait, so this is Dan's third year at Michigan State. Correct. Yeah, okay, exactly. I got it right. Turn it around. Yeah. About 500. Really nice. Um, it is cool. I mean, like Michigan State, I know when I was in school there, wasn't necessarily a, much of a hockey team. It was kind of a little bit before. Well, I won the national championship So my freshman year, so I guess there was that. But then it felt like... <laughs> they won the whole thing. Yeah, aside from that, though. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to have them come back and be good, especially and- for the real skateheads that listen to this pod i'm a big i love when they're on friday night on the big 10 network got nothing else to do yeah it's friday night let's do that hockey let's do the hockey well if you're here for anything other than hockey i'm I'm, that's it this is a four minute podcast we'll see you next time yeah jk uh we wanted to touch on a few things a non-basketball related austin wanted to talk about one mamba yeah i think it's i mean I know we're not an NBA podcast, but I I think it's worth talking about Kobe Bryant just a little bit because I I don't know necessarily what the demographic of our podcast is, but I have to assume it's mostly people somewhere around our general vicinity of age group, you know, early to mid thirties, um, and I, and if you're older, then you can probably relate to this in more ways than than the group that are younger. But this one. Obviously, if you've been living under a rock, you don't know, or you you don't know that Kobe Bryant obviously tragically passed away in a helicopter accident, along with I believe eight others yesterday, who should not be forgotten in this whole thing either. Um, but as a kind of a contemporary, it really just kind of hit me hard. And I think you know, while some people may state that the 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 sympathy and some of the things have gone a little over the top, um, I think it's important to just remember that these guys that play this game are are just people too with families and and i don't know i thought it was worth talking about kobe because he was a true contemporary of of kind of mine in this same age bracket and it's kind of wild to think that wow this guy who didn't even play college basketball is just still such an integral part of the game and and helps so many guys grow it and i think the one thing that jumped out at me is how that affects the kids that are in college right now who grew up idolizing him the way that maybe the previous generation idolized Michael Jordan. Um, you grew up watching him as a, as a kid. I mean, you saw it after the Minnesota game when you saw Cassius Winston be told in real time that Kobe Bryant, a player he admitted was his favorite player, mm-hmm. had passed away. And I mean, it pales in comparison from a personal level for Cassius Winston to what he's been through this year, but you could still see the look on his face was shock. It was a guy that you thought was just going to be around the game for the next 50 years and Mr. Laker and all this stuff. And, you know, in, in the split second, it's all taken away. And I just think it's important, um, you know, just to be totally transparent, the reason we were off last year or last week was because my grandmother passed away. So this whole, you know, time this past week has been obviously challenging. And then to have this Kobe Bryant thing happen, it's like, just makes you realize that sometimes as much as we love to joke and have fun and just shoot the shit here on on this podcast which we will do here shortly um 
just hug your loved ones because this can go really quickly and, and it's it's crazy when somebody of this stature passes uh, how real that becomes. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, John, but you know, I guess if there is this if you can find a silver lining from a tragedy, it's just what you said is like can't take anything for granted and you know um, you know, like you said, be sure to let everyone know that you care about them because it, it, life's short. We're just on this rock for a little bit of time yeah. trying to, you know, hopefully have a good time, get some jokes off. But oh, the jokes got off, and it was kind of. I think that was maybe the. There has been a on social media, maybe even a slightly, I guess, lighter side of it, where people have kind of posted their favorite memories and stuff, and it just brought a lot of stuff back for me from my childhood of watching this dude dominate the NBA, and I was reminded. Of time, I actually met Kobe. What? Yeah, in downtown Detroit. No, excuse me, downtown Birmingham. Very different. Mm-hmm. Birmingham, Michigan, for those of you not familiar, suburb. I can see how you get those confused. Yeah, well, basically the same place. Um, it's a suburb, and there's a hotel there where a lot of the local athletes, when they come in, stay, sure. like like the professional teams. And the Lakers stayed there during the finals when they played the Pistons. And then they you know, obviously would stay there when they'd play out in Auburn Hills in the following years. And it, it was, I want to say, February of the of 2006. I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school. And Kobe had just scored 81 points. Like Whoa. the week or two weeks before. Which is another moment I'll never forget. I remember having to log on to the internet because I didn't know about it <laughs> when I woke up and checked because there's no phone to check. You logged no, on. There's no Twitter to check. I don't know what life was like. But and you've never logged off. I've <laughs> yet to log off since that moment been logged on. So I remember that happened. And I remember I was sitting in a restaurant facing out towards the street. And I saw this dude walk by in a huge white like mink jacket. Sick. And my buddy and I were in there eating dinner. And I was like, Kobe Bryant just walked by the door because I knew the Lakers were in town. Like Kobe Bryant just walked by. He's like, what? And so we literally ran out of the restaurant, just left our food, just sprinted sure. out of the restaurant, ran down the block and chased him down and caught him on the corner. And I remember shaking his hand and being so intimidated, like just terrified. Yeah. And I shook his hand. And I said, hi, Kobe. My name's Austin Smith. Please don't score 81 points on the Pistons. And he <laughs> laughed in my face. You, made, you got a joke off? That's all. I, yeah. And it was it's just sheer panic joke. There was no no <laughs> finesse to this joke at all. That was all I could think to I say. Love it. And then Kwame Brown walked around the corner, which was an equal. It was also hysterical. <laughs> it's funny but, in its own right. Yeah. Just him being there was funny. But yeah, it was uh, in the sh- even in like the split second that you met him, you were kind of like, whoa, this is this larger than life dude. And um he meant so much more to people, especially of our generation yeah. and I think the average athlete. For sure. So that's it. I just wanted to share some Kobe stories because he was a big uh, I was a big fan of his. Well, I think it was important to do that. Yeah. You know why? And I'm going to tie it quickly back to Michigan State. Please do. Is that um, you saw you know, how everyone felt and how hard that was for a lot of people who didn't even know who he was, right? right. Like didn't – they just were able to see and watch his greatness. Right. Um, you know, I I think sometimes seeing that perspective kind of helps provide context for those who lose loved ones who maybe aren't yeah world famous, but <laughs> that yet are still going through a really really difficult time. Yeah. You know, you with your family, uh, Cassius with his brother, like definitely. It's 
it's nice to have a community that's able to rally around something. Um, sometimes we forget, like cash is this is it's not like a ankle sprain, right? You know, like this isn't a four to five weeks, and um, you know, I just I think about that all the time with him, and you know, it's I'm I'm hoping he I'm I guess his play has started to show that there's some normalcy maybe yeah. returning. Um, knock on wood that continues because grief knows no. Yeah, grief doesn't ends. sleep. Does not sleep. <laughs> um, you know, he's just is a reminder, I suppose. But, Absolutely. You know, and go ahead. No, and, and we're just to transition into um, you know the games that we missed. I guess we'll kind of skip over Wisconsin because that was so long ago. Well, only thing to mention in this game, speaking of Cassius Winston, is that he became the all-time Michigan mm. State and Big Ten assist leader um again you mentioned it for a guy who's been through so much this season like to have this moment yeah and to be recognized by the crowd like that and i thought it was a home game yeah and it was a home game and i thought that was really cool and i think the irony in this game is that he didn't even play well like i i found that so funny yeah like this is the the first game in a while where he was like notably kind of not himself he had six points only four assists and five boards five turnovers three of 12 from the field like really didn't even play that well. Michigan State still rolls Wisconsin. Only won by 12, but they were up the, by 20. the score, final score does not tell you the story of that game. Everyone remembers it. But I think that's the only thing that was um, worth pointing you out know, from that one. And that's interesting because it's like with each game, the staff has to kind of gauge where Cassius is at. It's like one of three things. Is it Did you have a bad game because you had a bad game and that's allowed to happen? Right. Are you struggling a little bit right now, maybe more than you're putting on? Did you struggle because you were today was a hard day because you're so focused on getting four assists and you're not maybe playing the way you normally do because it's a huge moment and Mateen Cleaves is here. Right. Could have been one of a million things, right? That thing's gone. Right. You know, moving on. And then we saw him have back to back really nice game despite a tough result. Um in Bloomington. Yeah, so moving ahead, um, Michigan State, the next game, lost to Indiana by four on the road. I think this is going to sound weird, and we won't spend too much time here, but I actually, aside from those first eight minutes where they were down by 15, yep. I was actually pretty happy with the way that this team played. I was actually very impressed by how they clawed back and took the lead um, and, and really were objectively, the after those first eight minutes, there was no question who the better team on the floor was. Yep. No question. But, you know, you can't spot teams in one of the more hostile venues in America, 15-point leads, especially teams that are, A, clearly talented, mm-hmm. and B, desperate for a, you know, March resume booster at this point in the season i mean i mean this this game might be the third ticket that michigan state has helped punch right between virginia tech um potentially purdue and indiana the, right. those three wins are going to be the the header on their resume yeah michigan state and when those teams are flirting with the bubble or getting saying. in yeah michigan state is the big ticket item on there and i think that says and that's going to happen lot. every game it is. And that's an important thing to realize in this game. And I don't know how much you you can learn a lot from losing. You can you can learn a lot when you win. I think you learn a lot more when you lose mm-hmm. because when if Michigan State pulls that game out, um, I think a lot can be forgotten. Sure, absolutely. You know? um, 
because you're like, okay, we won and whatever. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot that's learned. Like you said, overall, the team statistically was fine. It was a very bad beginning. Um, they lost the rebounding battle, which was unfortunate. But, you know, the warts came out. Bad three-point shooting night overall, I think. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, they had a great three-point shooting night, um, which was encouraging. Um there was a lot of problems on the offensive rebounds for Indiana. Yeah, I mean, this. I think the biggest takeaway from this one is this is the type of team that Michigan State is, is from a size perspective and an athleticism perspective that is going to give them trouble. It's just going to happen. They were, Indiana was able to overcome and overshadow a lot of warts that they have as a team. They are a terrible three-point shooting team. They only shot four of 12. Of course, Al Durham makes two just mass. Or was it Armand Franklin made a huge one and Al Durham made another one? They both did. Um, and, but if you look, again, they had only had 10 offensive boards, but they, they shot terribly from the free throw line. They didn't shoot well from three, but they are big and athletic. Trace Jackson Davis, Joey Brunk, uh, Justin Smith are all big dudes. Race Thompson is a big guy. And then the guards are just kind of doing what they do. And, you know, Michigan State only – this is the game where only really having – well, two things. Only having Xavier Tillman as your biggest rebounder guy proves to be a problem. And then the inexperience or inability to dominate the boards by their other true bigs in Marble, uh, Bingham, and Kithier – really rears its head in this one where you don't have a Gavin Schilling, for example, mm-hmm. to bring off the bench and be like, you just get the, be the most jacked individual in the world and just go get boards. They don't really have that guy. I think Marble is that guy eventually. Yeah. Maddie Sissoko next year is probably that guy. Yeah, and we'll talk about that four position in a, in a minute, but there was a lot to be gained back to what was learned. And Izzo even mentioned it. He said, you know, there are going to be some changes in the front court. Yep. We learned a lot from here and and, um, you know, there were some unfortunate bounces in this game. Um, there was some hemming and hawing on, on the Twitter. and the Yeah. But you know what? You can't put yourself in those positions. Huh? Exactly. This is the ultimate case of, like, yeah, but. Like, it, 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 yes, the basket interference should have been called the same both ways. Although, technically, by the letter of the law, both of those were called correctly. Because Gabe... Um, I think it was something about he didn't have the ball and he hung on the rim, whereas Franklin had the ball and then touched the rim. So sure. that either way, you're you're so nitpicking. The fact of the matter is you're on the road against an unranked team. You shouldn't spot them 15 points. Correct. If you want to win the game, you shouldn't do that. They also had a, a stretch of this game. This is when I got worried. Is they got up by, I think, three or five maybe with, I'll say, 10 minutes to go, mm-hmm. something around there. And there was a stretch for about two or three minutes where nobody scored. And it just kind of went back and forth. And you really started to get into this crunch time. Uh, and Michigan State just wasn't able to push that lead out to even 7-9, yeah. to nine, I think, wins them that game. Mm-hmm. If they can get it to there. Because then you're requiring two, three possessions mm-hmm. and trips on the floor instead of just two. And you saw Indiana comes down. take you know They got that little sense of like, oh, my God, we might actually blow this. And that sense of desperation, mm-hmm. that home crowd advantage comes back. you know After one basket, that place is going nuts. And credit to those kids. That place was going bananas. That was loud, yeah. especially at the beginning. So, you know, it, those are the mistakes you can't 
make. You can't allow yourself to be in those positions because this is not a super talented Michigan State team. It's a really good Michigan State mm-hmm. team. It's a team I think is still capable of winning the whole thing, but it's not the Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson, you know, Nick Ward type of uber talent teams that you've had before. And that's why you can't have um, the mistakes we saw with Aaron Henry having five yes. turnovers. You just there's a margin for error. It's smaller when you're on the road. We learned that, and we saw them kind of turn a page here and when they went to play at Minnesota. So to start out, we saw Izzo um, make that change that he said was going to happen. And Aaron Henry came off the bench, and so did uh, Marcus Bingham, and their place Rocket Watts and Malik Hall started. Let's start there. Were you surprised that he benched both of them? And it wasn't. I think I think everybody saw the four coming. I was I was surprised about Henry until you're like, yeah. I mean like, sure. Yeah. And and I think we both separately walked away thinking one was maybe more permanent. Yeah, I think that um we kind of said at the beginning of the year, and it's not some genius revelation, but the four position is the biggest question mark after Joey Hauser didn't get let into the Correct. you know whatever. Uh, eligible, that's the word. Um Marcus Bingham had about a 20-game. He started the last 14 games. This was your time. You talked about it. Yeah, his audition audition was 14 games. You had moments. Give him credit. He had moments where he played really well, I thought, especially the first. On both ends. Yeah, first time out against Minnesota, especially. I remember jumped out at me. He had some big rebounding games. But it's really the level of consistency. And, again, he reminds you in so many ways of a young Adrian Payne. Because of that, I mean, Payne really struggled with consistency early on. Trying until, to put it all together. Yeah, exactly. And he flashes the offensive side sometimes. He hit a big three against Indiana, mm-hmm. and then you know flashes that defensive side sometimes. But couldn't put it together consistently enough. And not just couldn't put it together, but didn't do doesn't have that like high floor. Like I feel like you look at a guy like Kithy or even Marvel to a degree, and you're like, if nothing else, this dude is going to hustle. He's going to box out. He's going to try is damnedest to get rebounds. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that you can look at Bingham and say, here's one thing he's going to consistently do every single game, game in and game out, aside from bring extreme length to, to the floor, which is enough sometimes. But, um, you know, the, he got the boot. I think we we both saw that coming. Malik Hall getting the start was slightly interesting for me. Not shocking because Thomas Kithier, the other real legitimate option, um, it's been slumping. Yeah, he hasn't played well all that recently. To me, this was a, and you know, we'll see in games to come. Mm-hmm. But this to me was, okay, plan B. Yep. Okay, plan A was Marcus Bingham be, hits his ceiling stride. This team is different yep. if he plays at the capability that he will in his career. Absolutely. Plan B is we can't wait for that to keep happening. And if we do, we might be compromise our ceiling as a team. And that we have a sure ceiling as a team, if you insert Malik Hall in those minutes, where his ceiling, his personal ceiling, isn't as high as, as Bingham's to date. Mm-hmm. But there's room for growth. And that growth doesn't happen unless he starts to get more minutes. Right. With the starting group, with Cassius. As we know, Cassius needs to know his personnel. Mm-hmm. And once he gets in a groove with them, Great things happen. It's beautiful. Yeah, you made the point to me, I think it was earlier today, where you said, um, 
Oh God, what was I just going to say? You, mm. <laughs> you said something about oh, we we reached the point in the year where it's almost February. Like we don't have a lot of time to let Malik Hall find his groove here. You gotta so help him. You have to really help him and, and give him this amount of time more than anything else. Like this is when the decision needed to be made. Correct. I mean, I think Bingham kind of forced their hand by not playing well against yep. a team full of bigs when you really needed him. Um, and Malik Hall does bring, I think, a little bit more consistency, a little higher floor. But like you said, obviously not as high a ceiling just based on the physical mm-hmm. difference of the two players. But um, he also brings, in my opinion, a little more switchability. And a little more hard-nosedness on the defensive rebounding, yes, which was 100%. a point of emphasis. And that's the that's the biggest thing. Now, the other switch was Rocket Watts coming in for Aaron Henry. Now, this one we kind of agreed felt a little more motivational and a little bit more, in fairness to Rocket, a reward. Both, a, both ways. Very earned. Rocket scored double digits uh, in three of his last four games. Hitting threes, looking real confident. He had a couple moments against Wisconsin that were really fun, where he was hitting these step back, probably killing Izzo on the inside. Uh, That's where you got. He knew what he was getting. Yeah, well, he certainly got it. Um, Carson Edwards light. Yeah, that kills me. But it's, maybe, maybe, ah, maybe. He's a he's a highlight. He's he walks in the gym and he's open. He thinks yeah. it's t- he and Gabe Brown. But my my boys, but they've got he's got range. I mean, he's not a bad. He's a rocket. I think we're finally starting to see get that. I think half of it was confidence with him, mm-hmm. where he just needed to feel like, okay, I'm here now. I get it. This is my role. Now he responded in this game by I think hitting two of five threes, uh, ten points, only one rebound. So it was really more of a score than anything else. But honestly, when you look at this MSU team, you kind of need that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is another motivational thing for Henry as much as it was a reward for Watts when, you know, uh, Henry seems to me like a very in-his-own-head type of player. When he cuts it loose, yep. he is devastatingly effective, really on both sides of the floor. And MSU needs that out of him, especially offensively. He's also their best defender. So um, he's really still a big key to this team. And you notice that I think he still played 25 minutes and closed the game. So... It, is this a maybe Watts turns out to be like start four minutes, go off like auto bench type of thing? Like we've seen roles from players for the past few years. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Ward did that like all the time last year. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what's going on moving forward. But this is a nice tip of the cap to Rocket and, uh, you know, a, a good way to motivate a, a, still a really good player in Aaron Henry. Well, since that injury, since Rocket Watts has returned to the rotation, I think he's 24 or 49 from the field. A pretty a good, damning difference from where he started, where he was not hitting a lot of anything. No, but still taking the tough shots. Yeah. So sometimes cer- a little cer- uh, certainly not afraid of the moment. That LeBron level sit down where you uh, just kind of go on vacation for two weeks. Exactly. Yeah, I guess he was doing a little. Uh, what is it? Load load management. Load management. Yeah. Early smart, in his career. Um, you know, against Minnesota, I I think as you mentioned, Rocket was playing better. Aaron Henry, I have a working hypothesis, sample size of one game. Like it. Um, but I wonder if he'll be cut loose a bit more on the defensive end. And, and here's why I say that. Um, he, not necess- known for great defense, not necessarily known as a, a pilferer, a, a, a guy who, who is um, creating steals, jumping lanes. Um, and that's kind of a testament to the philosophy of Michigan State's mm-hmm. basketball in general. Izzo teams generally don't take risks. Um, they force you to take bad shots and that's a, and get the rebound, and that's the win. Um, 
Henry had four steals, and he had one in Big Ten play prior to that. And here's the working hypothesis. He's going to turn the ball over. That's mm-hmm. happening. We all <laughs> need to stop trying to trying to make it not happen because when Aaron Henry starts to think, it actually make, compounds the issue and makes it much worse. <laughs> We've seen him try to think on the fly, and he's much less of a player when he's not just playing. He's not aggressive. You know, he's you can just see him processing and he's just not he's holding himself back because he's worried about making mistake more than making a great play. If you can concede the three turnovers, three plus turnovers, and you say, Aaron, you will not get yanked, you will not get pulled, as long as you are getting those possessions back mm-hmm. on the defensive end, you have a more you now you at least are finding a net neutral in his aggressiveness. Yeah, and and honestly, the the biggest thing is just that kind of like you said, this dude is all mental right now, mm-hmm. and it's something it's it's easy to forget that he's a middle sophomore. of his sophomore year, Correct. and he was young coming into this like as I think he's like one of the youngest players on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so for not to not cross that mental bridge, you can't be too hard on him, but also like it's time. Like, it's time. You need to just, it's it's about flipping that maturity switch and being, okay, I am going to be, my new mode is just aggressive. Mm -hmm. And you see, you saw him make a difference in this game. He he jumped into the lane as a driver several times. He had two assists, uh, did still have those four turnovers, but the four steals as well. Um, Nine points, I thought, played a really solid game and, you know, Still brings that lockdown defense, so really thought he did a good job. I mean, Minnesota just could not hit anything. Um, well, we always going to benefit from playing a little Richie team. Yeah, I, I think it says a lot about Richard Pitino that his team, the only real advantage that they have here is Daniel Oturu, and he tied for the most shots on the team uh, with two guards who were being simultaneously uh, switched on by Rocket Watts, Gabe Brown, and Aaron Henry. Gabe Kalstrom and uh, Marcus Carr, when it combined four of 16 from three, Carr had a really tough game, only about three of 14 from the I was shocked by that. Marcus Carr didn't play too much in the first game because of foul trouble. I thought he was going to be a problem because his statistically, he's having a really great year despite being on a stinky team. Um, But you had a vintage Winston and Tillman night. Yeah. Just exactly what you expect. The three-point shooting continuing to improve. Yep. I want to touch on that. We haven't seen um, that is continuing to grow up. Go up. That's trending up. Yep. Not by bounds, but if this team can tr- uh, crack the top 100 in the country, everyone's got a problem, and 100%. they're they're knocking on the door. Um, I think they're almost up to 35% right mm-hmm. now. If they can get past that, like 35% threshold, I mean, that changes. Well, that's where I, I think specifically Rocket Watts finding his three-point stroke. He's still only shooting 28% for the year Yikes. on threes, which is obviously not good. Some would say bad. Well, but, I'm not going to sit here and judge him. But in his last three games, he's shooting. He's shot. He's made six. Six well, of 13. I think we've also seen um, the Cassius Winston's best three-point shooting year was his freshman year when there yep. were sets being run for him. Um, going back to the well on that. For and, sure. And that has, as he's the best set shooter on the team. Well, maybe the best shooter. Off screen, for yeah. sure. But, and you're starting to see MSU start to run stuff for him. And candidly, like, if you, 
are haven't figured out and you're on the defensive side if he's not bringing the ball up like yeah MSU is running a set for him you might want to hedge out right. on some of that but hey I'm I'm here so he since they play so since Big Ten play started against Rutgers so it just includes some non-conference games he's only hit he's only not hit multiple threes three times hmm. so to, to he has absolutely turned it on um, since some of those early season so let's before that from everything before Duke, he had less than three threes, or he had less than multiple threes three times as well. So he's he's really turned things around quite a bit. His sophomore year, he almost shot 50% from three. Yeah. It's, it's like incredible. 75 for 151. Yeah. It's incredible. And he's shooting, John, he's shooting 38%, 37.4% from three. It's good. It's a very good three-point shooter. And it's trended up quite a bit uh, in the days since since that. So, like you said, got a pretty vintage Cassius game where he's just kind of better than everybody else out there. Uh, a lot of this, though, Michigan State deserves credit. They forced Minnesota to take 28 threes. They made five of them. Like, well, let, let make them play away from their well, strengths, which is Daniel Oturo, who had 19, only six boards. I actually thought MSU did a good job against him on the, in the boards. So that's a trend. Michigan State that is the fourth best in the country at defending the three-point line. That's incredible. Yeah, it's I really, mean, they really are, good. They, they know exactly. We saw it maybe a Michigan game is a great example. When teams shoot threes, it's generally guys that Michigan State has designed to yeah. want to shoot threes. Evan Bordeaux beat Michigan State. Yep. He's the guy Michigan State wanted to shoot threes. Xavier Simpson couldn't beat. Yep. They wanted him to shoot the threes. This is all a game plan, and, and, and the other shots that are being taken, you've seen because of length or for other defensive reasons, he's doing a really good job of just defending that line. Yeah, um, another example of that is Peyton Willis who is shooting only 33% from three. He went 0 for 6 from three in this night. You know, MSU just did a good – they do, like you said, I think defensively what they do, because they're not, like we said, not going to out-athlete anybody, not going to outsize anybody, but they do such a good job of forcing you to your offhand, like mm-hmm. as, as an offense. Yeah. And making you do the things you don't – rely on doing, executing on the ways you – like when you think of the old Michigan State quarters defense, we're like, we're going to give you this. Yeah. But this is completing a 15-yard pass to the outs, like over the like back shoulder throw. And if to you can this do it, receiver. yeah. If you can do it, then you're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. Purdue, Evan, Evan Bardo, yeah, yeah. I mean, Michigan State, 27 teams are shooting 27.6 percent from three on the year. Yeah, that is incredible stuff. Yeah. So all in all, in this game, I give uh, Rocket credit. I thought he played well in his start. 28 minutes. Had 10 points, like we said. Malik Hall, I thought, played admirably in his start as well. 20 points. Made all three of his uh, field goals and his only free throw. He also... Six it, rebounds. That's the number. There, there, there it is. is. You know, and it can't... The, you know, the problem, it was always a... Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 
It's always a 50-50 if Bingham's going to come down with it in two hands or is he going to drop it out of bounds? Is and, a guard going to take it from him? And is that's he gonna, it. Is he going to biff the outlet? Like, that's the Adrian Payne baby deer. Yep. Don't have time for it. Sorry. Too Trying much on, to win a Too natty. much on the line. If this team is in the mid Trying part to, of the Big Ten and maybe doesn't have other exciting options behind him, you just have to live with him. Yeah, time to get the net. Yeah, let's get that net. So, um, upcoming games. Uh, home game against Northwestern on tomorrow, if you're listening, on Tuesday. Games on Wednesday against a 6-13, and 1-8 and eight Northwestern team. Folks. Well. Let's put it this way. The matchup predictor is currently predicting a 96.5% chance of winning for Michigan State. And I'm, I'm kind of impressed that they're giving Northwestern three and a half. I'm going to go to bat. For Chris Collins here. Oh, for Gollum? Yeah, I'm going to go to bat um, for Chris. The team is getting better. Now, this, is, you, this is a real jumbo shrimp scenario. When you, are, when you are effing awful, yeah. I guess there's only one way to go. But um, they have four-point losses at Indiana. Who among us? Whomst. <laughs> That's what I say. And Illinois. Um, they can compete. Here's a here's the way to really frame what your first point was. A team that lost their first game to Merrimack. Sure. There's literally nowhere left to go. Right. Even if you're going from, like, on a scale of 1 to 100, you're going from 0 to 0.5. Yeah. Technically trending up. They are winning. A, they, I can sell that. They're trending up. Um, now. Now, <laughs> since Wednesday, December 18th, when they faced... Michigan State at home and only lost by five. Boo booey day. They have won exactly, count them, one basketball game, one game. They've won one game, and it came against Nebraska. Oh, a home game. It's it's hard to. It's tough. That includes a loss to Hartford. Right. Who can forget? Now, none of these losses, it is kind of impressive looking at these on paper. None of these are blowouts. That's what I'm saying. Like some of them are 12 to 13 no, point losses. They they are, here's what I'm getting at. The they, team, honestly, they have not been blown out yet this season. That's what I'm saying. Now, that is, that that, is the I win. think that's worse. <sighs> I think I really think that's worse. I don't know. Because at some point, your soul just gives up, right? Well, you're starting to see they have Ryan Young is a Big Ten player. Okay. 6'10", freshman. He's averaging... Ten and six and a half. He's fine. <laughs> Miller Cop. You have him. Miller Cop. 13 and a half, 40% from three, which is third best in the Big Ten. He's fine. Now, the, the problem is you're also starting a kid who is better at lacrosse than basketball. And you're starting him at, by far, the most important position in college basketball. Yeah, that's tough. Pat Spencer shouts out to being, I believe, the Heisman winner of lacrosse. Good for him. <laughs> I want to. I, I feel like we can't gloss over that. The kid doesn't play basketball for four years. Mm-hmm. In fact, doing something very like it's a similar sport, kind of, in that there are cuts and in screens. That, in and, that, it's a sport. In that, there's there's a ball, you run a net, and there's running, mm-hmm. no um, dribbling, cradling. Yeah, similar, basically. The same. I suppose. Um, what wait, what do you think the lacrosse Heisman is called? Is it just called the Chad? Um, or like the Brevin or something like like 
oh, way over the top. Braxley. Braxley <laughs> Lefevre the third Memorial. Yeah, I am bummed. Of course, he was Leland. Northwestern. But, yeah, right? no, I mean, From it, that. It, absolutely. I'm shocked he didn't go to. Man, what's the most Virginia? Johns Hopkins. Yeah, oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so the problem is more or less they have two good, no, two fine players. Two players. They're players. They are. That's it. Give them the credit they deserve. Unfortunately for Northwestern, who hung with Michigan State because Boo Booey went nuclear. Boo Booey went bananas. <laughs> there it is. As they say. They are, they don't, uh, uh, what Michigan State does poorly mm-hmm. so on, on, at occasion. Sometimes um, they don't uh, defend, they let out offense, rebounds happen, they don't force a ton of turnovers. Um, and and sometimes they can get slumpy from three. Northwestern does not offensive gets no offensive rebounds. They don't force turnovers, um, and they don't defend the three particularly well at all. So everything that you could want, <laughs> yeah, they don't do. True. So I'm not a hundred percent. They don't. They're last in the Big Ten in scoring. Um, I think here's the biggest problem. Tino Malnati, Pizza Baron, mm-hmm. son of noted Pizza Baron Lou Malnati, has only appeared in three games. Have we confirmed that? No, and I don't want to. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's a tough scene on there. I, I just I don't see I don't see this one being close. No, it's um, it's hard to imagine. This he, Which he, leads us to wondering if yeah. about tinkering of the lineup. More this is the confirmation game of yeah, sorts. I would agree. I think it'll be interesting to see again, the biggest one to look for is is whether Rocket goes back to the bench or Henry, you know, comes back to the starting lineup. I I do think there's an interesting I think the only way, and I kind of explained it earlier, the only way that I can see Rocket staying in that starting lineup is being that early game just in there for a few minutes and then Henry coming back in type of guy I, yeah i could be wrong but i don't like that personally i just I, i'm big rocket rocket needs no help getting going true which is why i love him as a bench player yeah so and that's just me though he does provide a little bit more in the turn in the way henry off the bench provides a little more in the way of mixing and matching so i i think again that was a motivational thing i see, think he's gabe slide back up to the two and I, That's the other beautiful thing about Gabe Brown. Is oh. he can, you just leave him on the wing and be like, just shoot, bro. And, and Or just try to kill somebody with a dunk. And speaking of, you know, as they go into the game at Wisconsin, Gabe Brown, and to an extent, maybe Rocket Watts, I think are the best types of players you can have for road games. Sure. They feel nothing. <laughs> there is, they, they're, they're very consistent, constantly. They're not afraid of the moment, that's for sure. Nope. Nothing phases them. And you saw Gabe play particularly well against Indiana, against when, especially to help get the runs going in the yep. first half to bring him back. Who is the one? Gabe, never afraid of the sh- to getting a shot up. Nope. So I think that goes a long way, especially in these road games coming up here in mm-hmm. the Big Ten to help uh, as we close in on a potential Big Ten championship. Is you know where is you can lean on those guys a little bit more in those road games. Yep. Um, before we get to we have a we have a fun topic we want to get to, but at Wisconsin Saturday, Wisconsin looking for that marquee win. Yeah, I mean this you know, it's been so difficult to win on the road this year in the Big Ten. 
That's why even beating an objectively stinky team in Minnesota, Minnesota still feels like a really nice win because he, it's still a road win in the Big Ten. We saw Indiana's not be proud good, of it, and we still lost that game. So any win in the in on the road is 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 big in the Big Ten. And this one, I think, will be a really interesting challenge for Michigan State because I do not think Wisconsin's very good. No. I don't think they're very talented. Same. They don't really do a ton well. Now, they did just go on the road and beat Purdue by almost 20. Other way around. Or, excuse me, they lost by almost 20. Well, yep. So that's a big deal. But re- more recently, they beat Maryland at home. Not more recently, but in the recent past, they beat Maryland at home. They went on the road and won at Penn State. So this team's done a little bit of, of it all. And winning at the Kohl Center, never an easy thing to do. So I think Michigan State is playing more against the circumstances than the team. Like, the fact that we have to go on the road and play there scares me more than the fact that we're playing this Wisconsin Badger team. Well, their spark plug, Mika Potter, has been... Micah. Sorry. He's been figured out. Um, (laughs) MSU neutralized him last game. Um, Greg Gargson have to find a different way to get him going because he has been a liability on defense. Um... I don't. I don't know. He's he was the kind of the thing for them. Um, you know, Reavers is fine. Davison has not gotten any better since freshman year. No, it does not appear so. Um, I'm not sure what's happened there. Kobe King is probably the only athlete that they could line up with Michigan State, and um, I'm not sure if he's quite comfortable. With whatever. Yeah, Wisconsin. I think the biggest X factor for them, and the guy that, of course, because I said I didn't like him. Is uh, has killed Michigan State the last two years is Nate Reavers, who is their best player. Um, sh- doesn't shoot the three particularly well, but does shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, no one on this team shoots the three well. I think that's the biggest thing that kills them is that they don't have mm-hmm. Ethan Happ to dump the ball into at all this year. And Reavers is not a post player by any stretch. Neither is Potter, really. None of these guys really like to mix it up down low. And that when you aren't a great three-point shooting team and you don't have that, is going to limit what you can do from an already limited offensive game plan to begin with. And then defensively, they're good, not great. I mean, like you said, Potter, who is one of their more explosive offensive players, a third-leading scorer in only 15 minutes a game, can't defend anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe King's perfectly fine, but he shoots it at 25% from three. Like, it's, it's a lot of... Yeah, you've kind of got one thing, but you definitely don't have the other. It's really just a watered-down version of your typical Wisconsin team. And I think in this game against MSU, we've seen it time and time again. Like they, I don't think if they want to shoot threes, they're not going to – this isn't going to be a close game because they're not going to make enough to stop Michigan State from getting out and running. And when Michigan State gets out and run, they win games. That's just kind of how it works. Well, and Wisconsin is worst in the conference in defending the three. So – Teams are shooting over 34% against them. Like That is an area that they are either not defending well or giving up. Yep. Um, that I would like to see Michigan State continue to trend up and yes. the three-point shooting as well as we inch toward March. Um, did you want to do our fun topic? Yes. So we're playing Northwestern in Wisconsin, and we thought to ourselves – we also I think I saw it on Instagram, and um, we want to talk about the best – T-shirt wearing players of all time, and there are there there are college right. Um, We can start with Michigan State. Yeah, so MSU does have a few good ones. The ones that always jumps out to me is uh, early career Adrian Payne Mm -hmm. because he was so skinny 
and yet wore that massive shirt. Did Bingham wear it too last year? Bingham still wears. It. Oh yeah, gotta yeah, wear. It. Bingham, you have to. When you're the tall, lanky guy, I feel like that's the only move. But it's also so embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you're gonna wear you the shirt, it. if you're gonna wear the shirt and you're not gonna go full heel, do the Anthony Davis thing mm. where you wear like the tight shirt. Just like you're like yeah, technically I I'm gonna wear a shirt. For some reason, I don't get why Anthony Davis does it. It's got to be like a medical thing, which I can't imagine a T-shirt helping very much with a medical situation. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Um, there have been a quite a few, I would say, great players that have worn T-shirts. Continue. Uh, oh, non-Michigan State? Non-Michigan State. I mean, like, guys. Um, Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison is probably, like, the OG guy for, for T-shirts. I mean, as... I mean, he was the perfect t-shirt guy. He played for a random school in Gonzaga at the time. Mm-hmm. Super random. He kind of mm-hmm. was close to putting them. He was very. He was on the early end of the Gonzaga wave. Um, had that hair. Had that mustache. Uh, you know what? He hit that devastating shot against Michigan State and was just so unconventional and so good. And mm-hmm. then that big white t-shirt. Another t-shirt guy, I believe. Was Mo Ager? Really? Wasn't Mo Ager a t-shirt guy? Listen. I think early career Mo Ager was a t-shirt guy. Okay. While you're looking that up, I'll keep it going. Um, we, Dougie McDermott. Yeah. Another fantastic. National player of the year, I believe. Um, I'm going to go the under end, end of the spectrum for you. You know, guys like uh, Adrian Payne were wearing t-shirts to cover up, you know, being so slight. Mm-hmm. Khalid Al-Amin, we're kind of a kid wearing a t-shirt uh, in the pool situation yes hiding hiding is himself for other reasons um a larger fellow dude point guard if you're unfamiliar and one a natty yeah if you don't remember him played with rip it's worth looking him up because played with rip hamilton he was awesome he was legitimately so good and a bowling ball in a way like cassius kind of like didn't look like he should be good he was overweight was quite good. i mean he was overweight yeah. Oh, it. objectively, quite quite large. Okay, Mo Ager didn't wear the full T-shirt, but he wore like the cutoff sleeve mm. T-shirt, Good which enough I'm for still me. a fan of. Good enough for me. Any others you want to hit on? Uh, JJ Redick naturally wore a T-shirt that just feels like it was worth mentioning because we all hated him. Uh, my favorite, actually, of all of these is Corey Brewer hmm. because those vintage Florida teams. It I remember a how starched and white his shirts were and how huge the sleeves were and he we know now in the nba he is rail thin which is why he Mm -hmm. wore those but they're massive i don't get how these guys were able to do it am i forget i might be making this up who who is wearing long sleeves all the way long oh there was the guy for xavier right and didn't um god i'm blanking right now on on a full long chris paul did it for a while chris paul wore the full long sleeves and the nba you know who yeah. else wore sleeves Derek nix oh our large boy <laughs> wore just a forget? huge white tee yeah i forgot and that uh, thing was like xxxl oh it's just hanging on for dear life underneath that shirt yeah that was that was another one of my personal michigan state favorites we had had some good ones uh i'm sure we forgot many of them let us know so please let us know which ones we forgot man i i'm all in on the uh you got a peacock oh sure so i would even i would like i want to see some crazy stuff yeah 
Um, maybe there's some guidelines against they it. They had that NCAA football game. I make a lot of references to these, but I remember one year, it wasn't just in the football game, I suppose, it was in the actual sport, where they had like the shirts with the different color sleeves. Mm-hmm. I always had my guys wear them. What, what what is it when you what is it when you do to your shirt where like let's say I have my sleeve and if I were to cut it and so that almost looked like there were strands all the way around. Oh, like the cheerleader thing? Yeah. Yeah. What in, would that be? In I don't know. Cheerleader arm? I need someone to try it out. I think it's a great idea. You're gonna get the attention you want. Yeah. I, I would like to see someone try to play with gloves. <laughs> Why, not? Why not? Who says no? It helps quarterbacks can do it. Sure. I say we go for it. I'll I do lo- it. I love if it. If someone would like to have me play for their basketball team, I would promise, <laughs> promise to wear gloves. Um, all right. Let's talk about <laughs> – Anyways. Let's talk about what happened nationally because it's been a while since we saw you. Um, as we mentioned last time, we're going to be doing Big Ten Games of the Week, National Games of the Week. Let's recap it for you. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to get to one team in particular, but I'm not quite ready because I, <laughs> I, have, I have some thoughts. You guys might know who it is. Um, but first, Rutgers played at Iowa, and I can't believe the game was important. But it, it was. Notable. It was a notable game. Iowa won 85-80. to 80. Notable and enjoyable. It was aesthetically pleasing. It was odd. Yeah. It, I, th- I, th- I think the simula- we're, we've run past the end of the simulation. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like the grand experiment that is the world. New territory. We are past... Yeah, a new frontier. I don't like it. Where Rutgers and Iowa are playing a meaningful basketball game. And not just meaningful, like, as we mentioned, almost watchable. Borderline enjoyable. I would even, like, not games that I used to hunker down and right. say, I'll do it for us These weren't Kirby games. These were actual games. Yeah, other people were joining me for the first time around. Yeah. That was like, hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah, what's up? You guys are here. Let me put some pants on. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, we've talked about Purdue beating the brakes off Wisconsin 70-51. to So that, for me, Purdue is officially Team Chaos. I would agree with that. Indiana, long Team Chaos in football. Purdue is full Team Chaos in basketball, where they can throw out clunkers, but also apparently beat teams by 20. At home, though. Only at home. Only at home. They're strictly a home chaos team. They've beaten Virginia, Michigan State, and now Wisconsin by 19 or more. And their record is 12 and 8. That sounds generous. I, I mean, like, they're, well, we'll get to the goodness matrix. We're not quite there yet. They're 11 and 9. Ele- so I was being generous. Yes. 11 wins, three of them coming against Wisconsin, Virginia, and Michigan State is, is weird. It's weird. Yeah. It, I mean, they are going to be, this is, we're really getting to that point of the year where we can start kind of looking at, legitimately looking at the bubble. Right? Were, like, we're very much we're there, man. at that point. We're there, That's man. That's messed up, dude. I'm not ready. I don't think I'm ready. It's happening. I just had... Uh, you just heard me on air have, like, a very real moment of, oh, no. I'm not, I am not prepared for the stress that is one month away. Te- could technically be halfway through the season. 20 games in. Ideally, we are halfway through the season. I am... If you're tracking. Now officially a wreck. Okay, Anyways, I'll just have this panic attack on air. Well, let's um, let's get this a little more enjoyable. But no, let me let me let me make my point real quick. Oh, okay. Quick. We're getting to the point where you're looking at the bubble and the Big 10 is so deep that they're going to make things difficult for the committee because not only is Big 10 deep, but the rest of the country, as we've said many times, no one's good. Mm-hmm. So, an 18 or 19 win Big 10 team, the type of team that 
Purdue would maybe be lucky to be at this point is going to be, I think, a legitimate. It's kind of like when Michigan State made it Miles Bridges freshman year, where they won 19 games or whatever mm-hmm. it was, but still made it because the rest there just was nothing that impressive in the rest of the nation. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's where these weird middle of the road Big Ten teams are all going to shake out. Anyways, yes, let's make this much more enjoyable. Okay, so let's talk about what's happening over in Ann Arbor because hmm. I was told personally, <laughs> me led to believe. I was incorrectly given, given the information that after winning whatever happened in Atlantis, mm, Michigan a real place was going to be playing for more than the championships in Atlantis. They were destined for beyond. Now I don't know what that destiny is, but I'll tell you what it's not. A Big Ten championship. No. Michigan, much like the great city of Atlantis appears to not be a real place. Is it a real team or a real place? Fraudulent? Some would say we are staring a bona fide fraudulent team directly in the face. Back-to-back home losses, which you can't do. No. Can't happen. It says it right there in the book. Lost to Penn State 72-63 to and followed it up with a 64-62. to uh, Heartbreaker. And, you know, only one person to blame. Juwan Howard, for me, in that game, and here's why. Tie game, one minute left. Personally, I'm a two-for-one guy. In fact, the entire basketball community, we're all in. Why take one when you could take two? Especially when uh, you have two shots to win, essentially. Mm-hmm. You can limit the other team to one. Juwan, in his infinite wisdom, chose against it. <laughs> in fact, chose against it, and then Ayu just puts one in Xavier's eye to end the game. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, I laughed through the entire possession because Brad Underwood called a timeout. I think I even tweeted it. I was like, Brad Underwood's going to run a play and uh, Dasunmu's just going to go 1-4 clear out regardless of whatever has been written. In. Yeah. And he did. And then you know what? I thought to myself, I'm giving Underwood way too much credit. Right. He didn't draw anything up. No. He said go win the game, which honestly sometimes is the best play. It's college basketball. You can sometimes just have that one guy that's better than other players and just kind of does this thing. Like, hey, can you go win that game for me? Thanks, I got, bro. Got you, coach. Thanks, bro. Um, so make it, let's get it worse. Today we just learned that Xavier Simpson is suspended. For at least one game. For at least one game for a, what I guess Brendan Quinn reported as a traffic-related incident. Mm. I, I don't know what that means. I won't speculate. But what we do know is that Michigan at Nebraska tonight, if you're listening, is must-watch TV. It's a very <laughs> real opportunity because not only is Xavier Simpson not playing, Isaiah Livers, who you wanted back. You had to have him. Maybe rushed him. Maybe, is it hard to... <laughs> Did you? It. I'll say it this way. The optics... Don't look good. They don't look great to come back when your team's skidding and then immediately get hurt in the same game. That's the same entry. The same injury, right? Aggravating the same injury in the same game. It's not awesome. So, so now you're down your, for better or worse, your two best offensive players. You've got David DeJulius, probably squaring up for a good 15 shot affair. John Teske gonna have to come up big. Who's the other guard? Whomst? Truly, Eli Brooks. Right, and DeJulius. And I need a road. They have to Proms. sit. He plays forward. 
Like, are you, they have to bring up Nunes. No, Johns. He it would be forward. probably Franz. Franz and Johns. Johns. Franz and Johns. Oh, Michigan Twitter. Please have fun with that. Franz and Johns, and then Teske and those other two. I'm saying you. I don't need know who another, else is coming. I'm saying you need another guard in Castleton? the rotation. I mean, for all we were point Teske. I was led to believe that um, Cole Bajama Bahama was just going to come right in firing. No, nah. I was led to believe Franz Wagner was a one and done. That's what I was told. I was told he was more pro ready, ready than Mo Wagner. Again, we were on the same conference call. We both heard it. I just write it down. I don't comment much. I just write it down. I was like, when I remember they had my, oh, yeah, I wrote that note, filed it away, tickler file. Just, yeah, I'm going to put that, put a pin in it. I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to come back to it. On our big cork board that we have in our office. And, you know, this is where it's going to stay for now. And now I come back and And here we are. Catches my eye as I'm walking by, going to get some coffee. I'm like, oh, no, someone said that. Somebody said that. And I don't think it panned out that way. (laughs) January 27th, Michigan Wolverines, 11-8, and eight, headed to Lincoln, playing a game for their season. For a must-win. Playing a game for their season in Lincoln, Not Nebraska. Not the sport you expect to hear that sentence. And candidly, I don't know how confident I am in them. I, I, and I, and I want to be crystal clear. We think Nebraska is absolutely garbage. Yes, hot, 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 hot garbage. <laughs> Miserable stuff. But... Michigan, A, isn't good. B, those players are what's keeping them being only just not good. I want to be crystal clear. Xavier Simpson is a good player. Agreed. And he is, I think, in a lot of ways, kept them above water in a lot of these games. He's leading the country in assists. Hmm. Great defender. And now now I'm seeing Michigan Twitter saying, good, we need a, a... I want to see DDJ... Run oh. point. Buddy, do you? Do you? Are you sure? Well, you're going to get it. <laughs> Here it comes. Asking you shall receive, Internet. Uh, yeah, so this the thing, things are getting dire real quick. Again, not only for Michigan, and I don't know if we're going to talk about them here, but Ohio State, another team that has got all the way up to number two. Michigan got all the way to number four. No, no, no. Both I were number two. they got up to number two. Both were number two yeah, in the so country. two former number twos are now squarely, squarely on the bubble. Combined four. Five and twelve in the conference. It's not good, Bob. Big yikes. Okay, um, let's talk about some national games, and then we're going to come back. I want to come back to the Big Ten upcoming week. Last Wednesday, Memphis, yeah, well, went to Tulsa and got doubled up, eighty to forty. Yeah, this one jumps off the page or the app <laughs> when you see it. And you're like, huh? You think you just look at it and you think it's the other the other way, way around. around. I don't know what happened. I think it's impossible to say. I think we should just leave it as a team I was at the beginning of the season afraid of. Nothing for me. They no, do nothing no. for me anymore. No, this is another example uh-huh. of Say it. a coaching hire that got a lot of praise uh-huh. in the offseason. And he's a great recruiter. And he's a very good recruiter. I just but his, his lack of chops it's coming might out. be showing up at this point in time. And you know, so the guys who win the offseason, and listen, both of these coaches could turn into very good coaches. Yeah. Let's not, it's not easy to waltz into college basketball and immediately become a good coach. Okay. It's very difficult to do. Yeah. However, however, the, what the media would have you believe, the lamestream media, <laughs> they would have you believe that both of these guys were going to be two of the best, well, maybe not as much Michigan. 
Bayadas believe in Memphis is winning the whole thing. And to their, in their defense, James Weissman gone. Obviously, big deal. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm out. It, it took, it took, but, like, bounce back. Like, I, exactly. you lose players. Every team loses players. Hey, I don't, every, every player, every team gets injuries. It's fact. Um, I know one very well. I mean, Fred Hoiberg t- came a minute. Yeah. Great, you know, great NBA coach or player. Not uh, a great NBA coach. S- sorry. Yeah, he gave it a shot. Got paid. Um, yeah. But went straight. Great bag getter. Yeah. Um, went straight. Uh, just became their head basketball coach. Right. Like, just had no. I don't believe he had any. Yeah. Well, he, he was at Iowa State. He was. That's what, no, that's what I mean. Oh. He, prior to that, he had never uh, coached anywhere. Yeah. Straight in the head coach. Took a minute. Right. I get it. it. People can become great head coaches, sure. but it's just, it's hard for me to ever just believe someone can walk great. Yeah, it's difficult. And anyway. You're kind of seeing that show up. Let's keep going. On. Speaking of a coach who has turned into a very good coach, Lavelle Jordan. There he is. Um, nice win for the Butler Bulldogs over Marquette last Friday, 89 to 85. Big East, a blast. I highly recommend watching their games. Highlight one soon. Butler has entered into teams um, you don't want to play list. I don't want to play them. Okay. I think they're well coached. I think they play. Um, I think they have showed they have a really solid resume today. They play above their talent level. I don't want any part of it. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I don't really ever want to play Butler ever again after what happened to us last time. So, oh, yeah, I'm pretty out. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about that here. Um, and then a really fun game. Uh, Kentucky took, went to Texas Tech and that and won 76-74. That Kentucky loss is looking better. They're yeah. vastly improving. Um, Texas Tech, national runners-up. Bubbly. Yeah, getting a little bubblicious. Um, Kentucky, though, they did have... Uh, somebody left their team recently. One of their really good first, like uh, freshman, yeah. Whitney. Yeah, he ended had, up transferring. Um, which weird. who cares? Like, kind of. Oh no, you lost a player for this talented <laughs> team. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hagen's really. I watched the end of this game. I thought Ashton Hagen's um, is kind of the thing that makes them go. He's still, not that that's surprising, but like Maxi still good. Maxi good, but Maxi has Michigan State moments, and he has complete no shows. Like uh-huh. he's going to give you he that type of range is why they're going to not win the national championship for sure. Still scary, still scary, and this is a tough one for Texas Tech because that would have been a real nice win at home. Right now they're twelve and seven. Yeah, they got a thirteen ton- and six with a win over Kentucky is a lot different. Than Sounds a lot different, and they're. They play West Virginia, another team that we will talk about in a little bit. Let's talk, actually, just do the upcoming national games of the week. Florida State at Virginia tonight, if you're listening Tuesday. I want Is Florida State for real, or are they a fraud? I don't think I can say anything about Florida State until you get to... But I feel they're just going to follow the same pattern that Florida State teams follow, okay. where you're good during the regular season. I don't think this is a... I think you're good during the regular season... People see you in March and like, whoa, this team is big and probably plays like 12 dudes mm-hmm. um, and makes it, uh, you know, becomes the sexy pick to get to the final four, makes it to the second weekend and loses at some point. Like until they don't do that. Right. I feel like that's how I'm going to feel about them. Um, and I admittedly have not watched a lot of them this year, but it strikes me that 
they probably aren't better or worse than no they probably aren't like notably different than the last few florida state teams but because a the state of college basketball is what it is Mm -hmm. this season and b they finally have a little cachet as a brand Mm -hmm. that's probably why they're up in the top five yeah you're absolutely right they play 11 guys um over 20 for um yeah, 11 guys over 10 minutes a game or so. See, I love that for a regular season. It's like a really 12 deep, guys. It's a really deep NBA team. But then when you get down to it. Who's your guy guy? Exactly. And that is what ends up. That's what's ended up killing them the last few times. Like when you get to the you get to the um, crunch time of a close game in March, it, they lost to Michigan. They, they lost to Michigan because they didn't so. have that dude. Like yeah. that kind of happens to them. So while I think... I think they're a really good regular season team that can get into the second weekend pretty consistently heading forward. All right, quick, put you on the spot. How many years do you think Leonard Hamilton's been at Florida State? Oh, it's probably, I don't know, eight? Eighteen. What? Since 2002. Holy shit. And he is... <laughs> wow. Wow. He's also like 75. He's he? also the best-looking yeah. 71-year-old man, I think. 71. Wow. Look at this man. He does not look 71. Good he for Leonard Hamilton. He looks man. great. Look at that. I'm happy for him. That is great skin. Just don't play us. Damn. That is, now, I will say this about them. I do not want to play them. No. Big athletes, deep, will run, can board. Like That's what they do. They're, they are the better version of Indiana. Mm. That is the last type of team that I well want to play. Well put. Wednesday, I'm gonna, I always give you guys a, a non-Power 5 game. San Diego State at New Mexico – I'll tell you this, playing at the pit separates mm, the boys from the men. Great name. So San Diego State still undefeated. Yeah. San Diego State. Current one seed. Favored to win out. This one will be, um, I think this one will tell us a lot. Like I said, you go you go there and win there. You have a, I have a whole new set of respect for you. Um, yeah, they're, they're solid. They're favored by like 11 points in that game, though. So, Jeez. Yeah, it's pretty studly. Um, Saturday... Kentucky at Auburn, Elite Eight rematch. Yeah, this is a big, I mean, Auburn, credit to them. For real? Losing Okiki off of last year's team and all this, and just putting together another great season. Looking like uh, maybe the class of the SEC, right? This, this is kind of the battle for the class this is, of the yeah, SEC. 17 and 2. Um, they, they lost two, their two away games in conference. Mm. Um, so we'll find out here. That it's a home game against Kentucky. It will kind of set the team, set up. Uh, the class uh, moving forward, and but let's see. Yeah, I think it's uh, LSU also needs to be considered. Yep, LSU's playing well too. So the SEC, the top part of the SEC is not bad. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday as well, Creighton at Villanova. Um, I think the winner will be a true contender with Seton Hall for the Big East championship. Yeah, I feel like Nova, Along with Butler. Nova kind of scuffled early in the season, but has done a good job of bouncing back. I know they won at Marquette a little while ago, and uh, then they just beat. Butler, this back yes, that yeah. conference is it is similar in the Big Ten in that it's very bonkers yeah. <laughs> in that they are uh, beating they each say. other up quite a bit. Um, but I want to talk about a few teams that are on my don't want to play list. Dayton. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you on Dayton. You, you, I just think they have one really good player. It's true, and that's what who we is had. good enough to that, that's enough sometimes. But I'll I prefer to play the team with the one really really dynamite player. Okay. Who is a forward than a guard? So, okay. So, how do you feel about Oregon? With oh, Pritchard? I think Oregon's really good. I watched them against UCLA. Oh, we this know past you weekend. like Oregon. Well, hey, 
First of all, you did you ask? I give you the response. All right, uh, I don't I don't make the rules. They when I was watching them against UCLA, I think they scored over fifty points in the first half. UCLA is bad, but yeah. they scored fifty something in the first half. Had four or five different dudes nailing threes. Peyton Pritchard Stunt. is exactly the type of point guard I do not want to go against. He's I I think the only reason I'd feel semi okay is because he's going against Cash Winston. Um, and I don't think you're going to do better than Cassius in a point guard matchup, but he's as close as you're going to get. He's a legitimate player of the year type of candidate, Pac-12 player of the year certainly candidate. Um, yeah, I'd really rather not play Oregon. Do you have any others that you don't want to play? I mean, I never want to play Louisville. They were at the top of my list. Yeah, I will throw Louisville into that list as a team I, I really would not like to play. And I do, honestly, Florida State is, is right up there as well because of the style that they play. Number one on my list, and this isn't really like a sleeper one, but number one on my list for sure is Gonzaga. Because Gonzaga is just going to throw big athletic bodies at you and have guards that can do a little bit of everything. So um, that is the team that I do not want to play. I will tell you I would love, love to play Duke again. Mm, okay. I would. I know Vernon Carey's a beast. See him in the net. But take a look at the strategy that Michigan State employed in that game, mm-hmm. and then look at how they've played every big man since then. Mm. It's just not it's the same. It's different. My only other, my other call-out for a team I don't want to play, um, West Virginia. Okay. I d- I Huggy Bear? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to mess with Alex. I love Huggy Bear. Yeah, well, me too. Yeah. Love him. I just... He and Mike Leach got a podcast, but would you, I would just be... I just hope it's a stream of consciousness, like 24-hour podcast. It's not going to... So no, they don't release episodes. It's just, this talking. was Monday, January 17th, and it's 24 straight hours. <laughs> All right, so upcoming Big Ten Games of the Week. Um, tonight, Purdue at Rutgers. Oh. Which Purdue shows up? That's the big question. I am really rooting for Rutgers. They're national darling. How could they not be? They will be when they're good in football. Well, let's not go crazy. Well, you kind of jumped the gun. If there. they ever became good, decent, decent, like the basketball be- team, if they ever became six win good, people are burning couches. Everyone's going to be going absolutely ballistic for Rutgers in the tournament this year. Hun- wow! And the tournament there, huh? They're there. Wow! It's not even a question. I don't think so either. Um, all right. We mentioned Michigan at Nebraska. Season's at a crossroads. Legitimate must-win for Michigan. And honestly, if they win this game, it, I think for them it's a big springboard, which is kind of crazy. But like, if you can get through without these two dudes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you can reverse some of those negative feelings you got going on because it is a death spiral. And it's Jawan's first year of coaching is showing not only in the on the court X's and O's, but in his inability to like right the ship and get his guys not thinking negatively. I mean, the fact that, you know, Xavier's getting suspended at this point, a guy who has not really been in trouble at any point in his career is not known as like a malcontent or anything like that. By all means, I mean, his team captain, you know, a a staple. You're right. For for that to happen at, at... this point in this season with this on the line is is a in this brief, economy in this economy is a is not a good look. I tell you, the schedule gets a little soft here. You're right. If they win this game, they pull it out. They play in New York City against Rutgers. Okay, mm. Mecca. <laughs> and then home against Ohio State. Both of those games are winnable. And then home against Michigan State. Then at Northwestern and home against Indiana. Okay, some of those games are. A lot, that's a soft schedule. Though. Right. Those are very winnable. I think those are the games that 
if they can get over this hump, they they can get some. Oh, okay, here. so you brought up. Let's pre, let's pretend Rutgers is in the state of New York for a second. Sure. Is Rutgers the best basketball team in the state of New York? <laughs> why? Why? Aside from Brooklyn, I'm basically saying could they beat the Nets? Let's do the Browns Alabama thing. Here. Oh. <laughs> could they beat the Knicks? No, <laughs> not even close. People are asking the question. <laughs> no one is asking. I am asking. What the happened question. to Syracuse in all of this? I forgot that they were. That's not <laughs> New York. Okay. I think Rutgers is more of a New York team than Syracuse. All right, and then Saturday, a game to keep an eye on: Illinois and Iowa. Um, outside of Maryland, so which Thursday night is Iowa at Maryland? Those are the contenders for me outside of yeah, Michigan. I State. think every, those three games. Yeah, teams. every Illinois. Maryland and Iowa game to me, yeah, those are the ones you got to bookmark every single week. And for me, it's mostly Maryland. I, yeah, I, I mean, I I would have they have a I would agree, but okay. So here's the thing: like, I look at them in Illinois, and this probably leads into our our next uh, topic here of the goodness matrix, pretty pretty smoothly. But um, Sorry, uh, but I think these teams are both equally talented-ish, but I don't take them seriously. So, for example, if we switch over now to the goodness matrix, which we will do, uh, we put them both in the, well, no, I guess we have them in separate categories, don't we? Let's start at the bottom. Yeah, okay, well, let's, that was a poor transition, but here we are, we're at the goodness matrix. Start at the bottom, go ahead. Not good. <laughs> Nebraska and Northwestern. <laughs> And not now you may be saying to yourself, of course they're not good. Every team's not good. You tell us that all the time. Right. Yeah, correct. But these teams can never leave not good. Yeah. It's impossible. They are they're in this in this dungeon of bad. Now, move up one notch. I think we learned Minnesota stinks. Yeah. They're not good. Yeah, I would I would say they're stinky. Two decent players, a stinky team and a stinky coach. Agreed. Yeah, they're they're in a category of their own currently. Now let's move on to fraud. You want to touch on fraud? Yeah, I think the fraudulent category is filled with two teams right now, and we mentioned them both already. And these are the bitter rivals, Michigan and Ohio State. When you both are up to number two in the country and now both far from ranked, you're frauds. Moving back to Austin's favorite category up to frisky now we'll start at the bottom of frisky and move over to the top of frisky wisconsin man they're on the edge of stinky for me yeah wisconsin is, is flirting with stinky i think at 12 and 8 they're very much on the border they can um, stay frisky with a win they against, can against iowa and or michigan state. the penn state and ohio state wins are the only thing keeping them from from a big stink ball but if they get blown if michigan state goes and blows them out at home which could happen we might need a new category for this team, Chaos, uh, Purdue. I don't know what to make of them. Yeah. Right now, well, I think that's why they're perfectly in Frisky. Yeah. Purdue is, is again, I don't think they're much better than Wisconsin, but for some reason they win big games at home. Or they get smoked. Was, I mean, they did smoke Wisconsin as well, so I think technically they have to be above them on the ladder. But, yeah, I don't think either of these teams, again, are good. I think these are teams that are like – okay, you're the last four in type mm-hmm. of teams, mm-hmm. and then you just get dusted in the first round. Okay. Um, moving up, we thought Indiana and Penn State remained frisky. Indiana, sitting here at 15-5, and five, 
with one quality win against Michigan State, I think kind of fits the definition of frisky to me. Like they, they're just kind of there. They have nice pieces. Trace Jackson is really nice. They played above their pay grade against Michigan but they, State. They're poorly coached. They have they don't really do anything on offense. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of leave them at frisky because if a couple things clicked for them, they could be really good. Yeah. Because they are talented. That's the difference between them and I think Purdue and Wisconsin. Yeah, they have. I don't think Purdue and Wisconsin are talented. Right. But I, I think Indiana actually has talent. You're right. Ta- so there's two categories. It's frisky but crappy. Yeah. And frisky but talented. Good frisky and bad frisky. Okay. Or yeah, pretty frisky and ugly frisky. Let's move on to a new category. You want to tell the Do folks we, about we it? We didn't talk about Penn State. I don't care about. Okay, it. that's fair. Yeah, the next personality. Or, oh, damn it. The next category is what we call great personality. <laughs> like a really, really good personality. Like you don't take them seriously or think of them in a certain way, mm-hmm. but you'd really like you them. You like you them. You really like them. You want to like them more. Yeah, exactly. But there are things that are holding you back, maybe, you know, things that aren't fair to them. It's right. It's nothing that they can necessarily control per se. It's just not for me. It's not my thing. It's somebody's for sure. 100%. Not mine. It's a lovable team. Great. I like them. Great personality. Tremendous. We'll set them up with my friend. Yeah, yep. Real asset to the group. You like when they're at the park. Should be around. Should be around. Bring them everywhere. Yeah. Those teams are Rutgers, Iowa, and Illinois. Yes, and I think everyone can appreciate that these three are just great personality teams. Rutgers, America's (laughs) Sweethearts. At this point, yeah, they do some things that are fun. They've beaten some good teams. They're legitimately in the NCAA tournament discussion. Hanging out with the cool kids. Yeah, they're First at the time. table. Come on in. It's great. Iowa. Now, Iowa. The irony of this 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 name in this um, context. They don't have great personality. I hate their head coach. I don't like Luca Garza. Yeah, but if you look at the personality as in the sense of offense. Yeah, they score. Give them the credit they deserve. They score a lot. There is a great. lot to be left to be desired. Yeah. But Luca Garza, unquestionably one of the best players in the Big Ten this year. If you brought him around your friend group, they wouldn't be a flop. They'd be they, they might even ask about you. Maybe. They'd be like, What what's Iowa doing this weekend? Uh-huh. Who knows? Might not extend the invite. But no, they'd be like, Oh, that's cool. Not do they want to hang out. Right. Illinois. Um same thing. I think Illinois is maybe the best example of this. Perfect category. example. Because there is, they're tied for first place in the Big Ten right now. Hats off. Really bringing a lot to the table. I like it. They've turned the corner from objectively bad, maybe hit a maturity as a program, mm-hmm. a bit of a program puberty, if you will. And they've, you know, become a viable Big Ten team. Definitely How, a tournament team. I would even they are doing the best you can with the things they have to offer. Exactly. They, They're doing the most with what they've got. Exactly. I would agree with that. You want to introduce the newest category? Uh, our, our next category is, we really thought that there had to be something between great personality and, and good. Mm-hmm. All, our most aptly named category. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to call for, Mar- and the team we're trying to place here is Maryland. Mm-hmm. Because we think they're better than great personality because there's talent and there's experience and you can see how this would really become something great. But they're not good yet. Mm-mm. So we decided to call it, you know, I'll take the meeting. I'm interested. If I'm getting an email 
mm-hmm. I'm opening the email. You did a great job with the headline. I'll read it. I'll read it. I might not act on it. Mm. But if you're you know, offering me 40% off of something, I'm probably clicking on the email. If Maryland brings lunch, I'll take the meeting. And a catered lunch? They're bringing a catered lunch. And I'll, I don't just want the lunch. Like I'm kind of interested in what they have to say. Yeah. Wouldn't necessarily be interested if the lunch wasn't there. Right. So, but... They're bringing lunch. Like a webinar. Like, I'm not going to the webinar. Nah, not for me. But I'm, I'll go to the restaurant. You would like to physically meet up mm-hmm. and you're fronting the bill. And you're going to come to me and bring it to me. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Maryland, I'll take the meeting. I'll take the meeting. Now, there are certainly teams that we could consider taking the meeting in the future. I, I think, see, with this year, with this team, like with the Big Ten the way it is, the only one I can see crossing the border for me is potentially Iowa. Okay. Potentially. I have a soft spot. I might. And, well, I have a soft spot for Rutgers. I'm taking meetings. I'm t- I'll take Rutgers meeting. That's the, that's not a question. It's but that's just, kind of a pity meeting. It is. So they don't, it, this, yeah. is, this is a legitimate business meeting. Correct. Okay? This isn't a friendship meeting. Right. And I, I think Iowa, and maybe even Illinois, mm-hmm. I think Illinois' issue is that they can't shoot. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to fix that coming down the stretch of a season. Can Penn State get to that level? Penn State maybe could. I'm 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 listening on Penn State. I think <laughs> Iowa is the one where if you can figure out a way to stop people, then then I'm definitely taking the meeting. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And then finally we round up. We're gonna say it. I'm saying it. So we're sitting down. Go out on this branch. People don't want to hear it. They don't. I'm gonna say it. Michigan State's good. They're good. I know they have Here warts. Here I am thinking you're taking this show seriously. They have warts. They do. They, they have warts. But I'll tell you what, as it relates to the country, mm-hmm. the teams we talked about we don't want to play, put put Michigan State on the top of uh, teams everyone else doesn't want to play. Yeah, I think Michigan State would probably, on any of these other podcasts, would be the team that is probably number one or very close in that same category. Because the way I've been thinking about it, and I may have have said this last time, but maybe not. If not, I'm glad I'm saying it now. (laughs) Michigan State does one thing. They have a thing. Mm -hmm. Their thing is running and scoring in transition, right? And having the best player on the court. That's the second part of it. At all times, so, so the first part of this is Michigan State has a thing. And they do that thing better than at this point anybody else does their thing. Like there are other teams with things, mm-hmm. right? But none of them do them as well as Michigan State does theirs. So you have the best thing. And you also have, in my humble opinion, the best player on the floor at any given time Yeah. in Cassius Winston. Doesn't mean he's the best NBA player, mm-hmm. not the most physical, not the most athletic. But the best. If you have those two things, and guess what? He's the maestro that runs that best thing that you do. So you have the best player and the best thing. That, to me, is a pretty good mix. And I think the other thing with this team is that they know the two things that are going to beat them. And and they understand what teams have. And I think your percent, like your percentage chance of being one of those two things that's going to beat them, which is a team that's shooting lights out from three. Because then they can't run. Mm-hmm. 
So Oregon, not interested. Or you're a team with a bunch of big athletes that's going to ha- hammer the offensive boards and score buckets. Florida State. Florida State, not interested. If you're not one of those two things, you are going to have a very, very difficult time beating Michigan State. You know, um, or a team that causes a bunch of turnovers. The Louisville, la- yeah, and not the, interested. The last thing Michigan State needs to do is figure out how to get through it when it gets a little tougher, and that's when that's what you do on the road. And um, after Wednesday's game, Michigan State will only have four home games the remaining of the season. February wow. through March, four home games. Okay? A lot of growing up time. A lot of time to it grow is. up. Um, it starts at the Kohl Center. So, yeah, I think we are starting to see, and I'm getting ahead of myself because mm. we haven't seen it yet, mm. but this is the time where, you, where we go from third to fourth gear. This is the week. Yeah. Right? And if it doesn't happen, now there are concerns. It does feel like an inflection point um, because your next stretch here, like you said, Northwestern, a game you should comfortably win. Go on the road and beat Wisconsin. Come home for a game. I mean, it gets to get, it's a tough stretch here. That's what I'm I saying. mean, after we get past Northwestern, it's at Wisconsin. And you look at the games, the next four, Wisconsin's a game you kind of have to win because mm-hmm. you come home against Penn State, not a gimme. At Michigan, don't care how bad they are, never a gimme. On the road at Illinois is looking huge game, really tough against two really good teams, potentially top two teams in the Big Ten at that point. Then you come home after that one four days later, and you face Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. Now after that, you get a kind of an off against Nebraska, but then it's you end the season with Iowa, Maryland, Penn State, and Ohio State. We're in it. It's We're happening. in the gauntlet. So you really don't have time. We talked about it a while ago. How there's kind of this window of 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 time where you can ramp up. Mm-hmm. We got to be ramped up. I think the ramp up time is now, so it, it it's time it's time to get going. Yeah, huge and I think week. Seems right. Huge week. I would say, gotta be two and zero. I would agree. Would be disappointed, and start to question everything. They would definitely not be good, but no. we have to start talking about and what's going on. Yeah, I think you you start to. Yeah. I think if if things, if similar issues that have cost them in other games keep cropping up now now it's something that you might not be able to get rid of and keep in mind the standard that we've set since the beginning of the season was winning a nat 100 percent. so that's why i think that's still a fair goal for this team let's do it all right guys uh thanks for sticking with us been an hour and a half it's good to be back missed you guys dearly over the last week or so um enjoy the games this week And uh, for John, this is Austin, and we'll catch you next week. See you.